he came to me with this idea for drawing video games on graph paper. And um, at first, I wasn't sure what he meant. I, you know, I just thought it was a, okay, that's neat. But then he said he wanted to actually capture it with a camera and digitize it, and turn it into a playable video game. And that's where I got really excited. Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators, and everybody interested in STEAM education. In this episode, I'm talking to Rob Bennett, the co-founder and CEO of Pixel Press. With Bloxels, one of their services, kids can create their own interactive games. So Rob is a co-founder and the CEO of Pixel Press, the creators of Bloxels. He recently moved to a small town in the mountains just north of Asheville, North Carolina in the US, and started working remotely, which for him meant to start living a healthier, more mindful life. Rob also just started recording YouTube videos and started a podcast about remote work. Be sure to check the links at kidslab.dev. So Bloxels is one of his creations that started seven years ago. Bloxels is all about building video games, a topic that you can imagine resonates very well with kids. According to their website, more than 20k educators are using Bloxels in their classrooms today. As a personal user, you can get lifetime access for $20. Once the account is created and you logged in, or well, your kids logged in, you can start building video games. Games, characters, art and backgrounds, those are the elements you will start building and don't worry, the Bloxels web, iOS and Android apps will help you to get started. Even building a character is lots of fun and you can of course try out your creations during this process. When it comes to building the game itself, it's a bit like Minecraft in 2D. You place enemies, dangerous elements, water and so on on the game canvas and can immediately try it out. It's a lot of fun. But the most important thing is of course that it turns kids from passive consumers into active creators of their own games. When it comes to the classrooms and teachers, Bloxels offers special classroom plans and resources. We'll definitely also shed some light on this during the interview with Rob. So now head over to kidslab.dev for this episode's show notes, including all the links mentioned, some impressions of the workshops, and also this intro in text form. Again, that's kidslab.dev. So hi, Rob. It's great to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good, actually. After a long day, again, of lots of Zoom meetings, actually. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the world. That's where we live now. Exactly. Yep. And yep. that's uh, the new life of remote working. And you just told me, right, your company is completely remote, which is awesome, actually. We are, yeah. Years now. Very cool. So, you're, Rob, you're uh, the co-founder of Bloxels. And I think um, Bloxels all started, like so many times, on Kickstarter. So what's the full story here? Yeah, our company, the so the company is actually called Pixel Press. Bloxels is a product of ours, but it's our primary product. So we get kind of confused um, as the uh, the company being called Bloxels. It's actually called Pixel Press. We started about seven years ago. Um, when we started, we started on a Kickstarter idea. Um, my uh, An acquaintance, a friend of mine came to me and said, uh, I have this idea for drawing video games on graph paper. His name's Robin Rath. Um He came to me with this idea for drawing video games on graph paper. And um, at first, I wasn't sure what he meant. I, you know, I just thought it was a, okay, that's neat. But then he said he wanted to actually capture it with a camera and digitize it, and turn it into a playable video game. And that's where I got really excited. And he came to me for the tech, you know, expertise. And um, and so we uh, we kind of formulated the the company. We, we actually just formulated a Kickstarter campaign for Draw Your Own Video Game, uh, garnered a, a lot of attention, Um 
you know, ended up funding about 110,000 on that and uh, decided, oh, okay, well, I guess we need to start a start a company. So um, we spun up a, a small team and and got a prototype going. And, and soon after that, we were partnering with Cartoon Network for creating the Adventure Time Game Wizard game, which used the same technology. We ended up getting patents. It all moved pretty quickly and it was really exciting for us. Um, but something that we realized after working on the Adventure Time Game Wizard game was that drawing video games, while uh, really fun and exciting, uh, the fidelity wasn't quite there for some kids. So, you know, drawing is difficult um, for a lot of kids, my, myself included. So staying in the lines and uh, being perfect. And obviously with computers, you know, even seven years ago, um, you know, it needed to be pretty darn accurate in order for our engine to pick it up and, you know, and digitize it. So we thought, what could we do um, that is similar, same concept where kids are building their own video games, they're being empowered to make their own stories, but kind of democratize the process a little bit, make it a little bit easier for, uh, for everyone. And we thought colored blocks, you know, um, everyone, everyone can use colored blocks. So we actually did another Kickstarter campaign, um, ended up getting that funded as well. We ended up partnering with Mattel, and when we partnered with Mattel, they they uh, took you know they used the license, the Bloxel's name, and um, we kind of had some national and worldwide recognition. You know, had a lot of excitement around that, and then um, we kind of took it from there. Uh, you know, while we were doing that uh, in the consumer space and the and the um, normal consumer space, we had carved out on our own side this uh, EDU side of things. So. Um, you know, we started to build that as well. But um, yeah, so it started with Kickstarter, just like a lot of things. And uh, I guess I don't even know how popular Kickstarter is anymore. But at the time, it was somewhat new. And everyone was uh, everyone was doing it. It was in vogue. So yeah, very cool story. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, by now, I think I've reached 220 Kickstarter projects, by the way. So um, oh, it, wow. it has lost a bit of the, the drive, I would say, but it's still kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So lots of stuff to to discuss. Um, I would say let's start with really blocks and and video games and what is really in when it comes to education. What what are the benefits of learning to create a video game with blocks, for example? Sure. So with Bloxel specifically, I mean, there are a lot of platforms out there, uh, Scratch and, um, you know, Game Maker, and, and there's there's a ton of them. And um, they all are predicated on the idea that we want to teach kids to code. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that um, fundamentally, but a lot of kids, that's a huge learning curve. And um, the, the time to product um, so if you sit down and start coding in, uh, Blockly or any of the languages that are created for kids, you know, to learn programming, you sit down and start coding on those. Um, it's going to be a while before you have a playable video game and it's definitely not going to be that fun. Um, so what we wanted to do was be able to create games quickly, um, and focus more on the storytelling and the idea of iteration, the idea of going back and forth between idea execution and, uh, and that cycle. Um, and that's where Bloxels kind of came in. We were more focused on the design, not necessarily the art, but that is a piece of it, but the design of the video game and the story that goes behind it, creating your own universe. And, uh, you know, I do get the question with, ed with educators, you know, how is this, um, you know, good for my classroom? And <laughs> my big, my big answer for that a lot of times is, um, it's really engaging. And, uh, I don't think that, um, you know, anything that you can get in a classroom that's engaging that kids actually want to use, um, you can figure out a way to make that, um, fit inside your curriculum and fit inside, 
you know, uh, what you're teaching. I think the going the other way about it is definitely difficult. And um, I think I, I definitely have uh, agreement from educators there. Whereas we take a topic and say, you're just going to learn this and we're going to learn it, you know, through rote memorization or writing book reports. But if I can teach you about my understanding of, you know, um, the, I'll use the United States because that's where I am, U.S. history. Um, if I'm going to write a book report that's going to be eh, okay. But if I'm going to write a video game on something that I learned in U.S. history, that's going to be a lot more fun and engaging. And I'm going to be able to actually uh, have something really fun to show you and my parents and everything when I'm done. So do you have some data when it comes to the time that kids actually spend creating the games versus playing the games? Yeah, we do actually. So um, we actually have surprising data. We would expect that uh, we have an arcade in our app so you can create games, publish them, and then other people can play them. Um, people spend about 70% of the time building and creating games and only about 30% playing. So um, the the building and creation aspect of, of our platform is much more engaging um, than just playing the games. And I mean, uh, so to be fair, part of that is the fact that the games that are created, um, you know, they are not necessarily like games you would go buy off the shelf at a video game store. Um, so, you know, the playing of those is going to be a little bit different than playing, say, you know, Fortnite or, or Minecraft or whatever. So the, the engagement's a little bit different there, but the building aspect of it is very different um, than anything you can pick up. Even something like Mario Maker where, You know, they've got a ton of tools and, you know, multi-millions of dollars behind them building this platform. Um, you're still in the uh, Mario universe, so you can't actually build your own universe. You can't build your own characters and your own ideas. And that's kind of where Bloxels uh, fills that gap. I think let's jump right into um, building actually with Bloxels. Um, there's the concept of of these builders, I believe, with Bloxels. So you use them to create art, characters, enemies, for example. Mm -hmm. And so the kids can really be super creative here. Um, can you describe the process of creating the game art, for example, using the blocks and swapping picks and turn them into art, for example? Sure, yeah. You can use... So our game board is a 13 by 13 um, game board. It's got 13, uh, 169 holes, basically, in the board. Um, and if you are familiar with, uh, oh, I don't know, a light bright or something like that from you know uh, our childhood... Um, It's basically putting uh, light pegs in a, in a board to create art. It's the same kind of concept. It's pixel art. Um, so it's going to be your uh, original NES, Nintendo-style art, 8-bit um, pixel art. Ours, we call it 13-bit. It's not actually 13-bit, but we call it 13-bit because it's a 13 by 13 game board. Um, and uh, you can place the blocks on the game board to create art. You could create uh, your background tiles or your ground tiles or things like that. You can also create your characters, your enemies, your power-ups. Um, and then when it comes to art, the color uh, can be adjusted once it's in the app. So you can use the, the blocks that come with the board, create some art, create some characters, and uh, scan them into the app with your device. Um, once they're in there, you can change the color, change the hue, all that kind of stuff. Um, on the other side, using the same game board, you can use the colors and we actually give the meaning for the game builder. So when you're uh, in game builder mode, you can place some green tiles and that's going to be your ground, uh, place some yellow tiles and that's going to be your coins, um, place some red tiles. That's going to be your hazards and let's say blue tiles and that's going to be your water. So you place these in the board, take a picture of it, and then that'll immediately turn it into a playable level inside your video game uh, in Bloxels. 
So do you think there's something special to it when it comes to creating this game art in the physical world with the board that you just mentioned and then creating a picture, right? Snapping a picture and importing it into the digital video game. Is that an important fact that you create that in the physical world? I think, I think it is for sure. I mean, that's something that, um, I was very passionate about early on. I have two sons. Um, they're, you know, they're 10 and five now. When I started this company, I only had one son and he was three. Um, he is actually on the spectrum, um, on the autism spectrum. And he was much more engaged and interested in playing with things like Legos and playing with things that he could physically pick up and move and all that kind of stuff. And, um, getting him to play with, uh, with drawings and then play with blocks for boxels was very exciting. We saw that with a lot of kids that, um, there are a lot of times where, uh, they would just play with the board and blocks and, um, have fun with that. Especially the younger kids would play with the board and blocks, have fun with that and not even necessarily be too, uh, you know, determined to get it into the app. You know, the older kids obviously want to get it in the app. Um, but with younger kids, I, I feel like tactile learning is extremely important. Um, actually being able to touch and feel, um, what you're doing. And then, you know, the same goes for, uh, whether it's drawing on paper with a pen and, uh, pen and paper or, or using blocks, prototyping things, um, is important. And I think it's an important aspect of designing and creating anything, um, is to get your ideas out first before you really just start diving in. I mean, there's definitely some coding paradigms out there that say dive in with the code. Um, and I think there's something to that too, but I definitely think that there's a lot to be learned with wireframing. And that's kind of where Bloxels comes from is the idea that you can prototype physically and then just translate it into the digital world. So I'd be really happy if I could put a couple of links to some awesome kid-created games uh, in your arcade, actually, into the show notes. Uh, can you can you mention a few um, that that kind of sticked out and that you just kind of really thought are fantastic pieces of art? Yeah, absolutely. We have um, we have. <laughs> you know, it still surprises me. I don't know why. I've been doing this for seven years now, and it still surprises me when I get these games that are of like extremely high caliber. Um, we actually do a featured Friday series on our YouTube channel. Um, you know, you could link that up in the, in the notes if you'd like. Um, but that is a, a time where I actually get on camera and I play through three games from that week that got featured in our arcade. Um, so some of the ones that I've, uh, either played through or I just really enjoy, um, there's one called Trap Dungeon by Pie Guy 115. Um, the art is very retro and very simplistic, but, uh, just did an excellent job. There's um, another one called Desert Jewel um, that is the storyline is really crazy. Um, and uh, in our game, if, if, for anyone who's listening, when you actually build with Bloxels, you have white blocks that are we call story blocks. You can place those on the board, take a picture of it, scan it in. And then once you're in the app, you can tap on those white blocks to configure them. When you configure them, you can actually give them text. So when you're in the game and you're running through and you run up to that white block, um, it'll actually pop up a speech bubble and you can read through it. So um, these kids blow my mind sometimes with the stories that they come up with. One of them, uh, Desert Jewel, you had to collect butterflies to, uh, to create a certain level of ionization to power a rocket um, to get out of the desert. And like, it's just the, the, the way that these kids... Um, come up with these super cool ideas it just blows my mind so um yeah i'll definitely link to some of those but uh there's there's definitely a handful that are really amazing and we have a featured section in the arcade um that we handpick so 
Very cool. And now I also see actually how this could be relevant for, for English class, right? A German class, you know, when you have these story elements yeah. in the game, right? And I, I totally understand how kids can be totally creative about that. We wow. have, um, we have actually a lot of classes that we talk to and, uh, and I jump on Zoom and stuff and I talk to classes across the, across the world. Um, and, and a lot of them are actually using it. I know of, I know of a few French classes actually that are using, Uh, Bloxels to teach English um, to kids because it's just, you know, playing video games is engaging and it's fun. <laughs> so. so a couple of episodes back, uh, we also talked to Eric Rosenbaum and I think you've created a video how you can create your own physical game controller with the Maki Maki or Makey Makey. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that. Uh, and so can you shed some light on that actually, how you create your own physical game controller for Bloxels with the Maki Maki? Yeah, sure. We, uh, that was a random idea one day. Um, We, we have controller support in the app. Uh, we don't talk about it a lot. We don't tout it a lot because most of the time kids are playing on tablets. So the controllers aren't really, you know, um, heavily used anyway, but we do have controller support in the app. And one day I thought, man, I should break out. Um, I've, I've met the guys over at Makey Makey and we've been in a lot of uh, shows with them, trade shows. And, um, I always thought their product was really cool. I thought it'd be cool if I broke out. I have a Makey Makey. I thought it'd be cool if I broke it out and um, actually set it up with my kids and played with it. And uh, I was like, man, I wonder if I can get this to work with Bloxels. So um, I, uh, you know, I did a video on it. It's on our YouTube channel of uh, me hooking it up to Bloxels and actually using, I think, like bananas and stuff to play through Bloxels games using the Makey Makey. So uh, yeah, that product is really cool. Nice. And we will definitely link to that too. Cool. Then with Bloxels EDU, uh, you are selling classroom packs directly to schools and teachers. And I was wondering, um, and you mentioned that there are 20k educators that use Bloxels in the classroom. So what exactly is Bloxels EDU? Bloxels EDU, when we partnered with uh, Mattel back in 2016, I think that's right. Um, when we partnered with Mattel, we uh, they took our Bloxels name, our license, and um, and started to you know basically they're mar they're our distribution and marketing engine for us, and they were focused obviously on the consumer. So the things you would buy on Amazon and the things you would buy at Best Buy and things like that, Toys R Us at the time. Um, so they would. They would sell in that space. And um, while that was happening, we ended up uh, working with them and Lucasfilm and Disney to create a Boxel Star Wars video game um, using its own special board and blocks. Um, and uh, while that was all going on, a couple of folks within our company, um, you know, noticed that education educators were using Bloxels and they were really enjoying it and uh, getting a lot of value from it. So a couple of folks within our company... Um, Names were Amber and Josh. Uh, Josh was actually one of our co-founders, um, Josh Stevens. Uh, he and our sales director, Amber, just kind of took it upon themselves to create, carve out this little niche for education. And they started to work with the development team and myself and Robin and everyone to uh, build out this edu side of our business so um they really kind of grew it from the ground up guerrilla style within within the company um and uh and, and basically they were just out on the road talking to teachers going to trade shows and um getting feedback and then coming back and saying can we build this into the app can we build a dedicated educator hub 
which is um, an online portal for educators to manage their classrooms and manage their students and their work and progress and all that kind of stuff. So what ended up happening, what it ended up becoming was the primary focus of our business. Um, uh, Blocks EDU kind of grew into where we wanted to focus because it was where we had the most passion uh, working with teachers and working with kids directly. Uh, when you're working in the consumer space, um, it's a little bit more... Um, Oh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, you don't, you don't have like a one to one connection, I guess, with the, with the people using your product. But when you're working in the education space, you definitely have a one to one connection with educators. Um, and we really, really liked that part of it. So we ended up pivoting and that became our primary business. A more generic question, I guess, are really um, about parental controls. Um, it's, it's my daily life, actually, with my son. So uh, he has a switch, and uh, <laughs> I put some parental controls on there, basically, right, to, to not have him play all day long. And I, I was really just wondering, what do you think about restricting the time that kids play games on these typical consoles like the Switch, for example? Is that required? Is it a good thing? What's your point on that? Um, I mean, I think that... My perspective, I have two sons, um, and they're both very different. And one of my sons, I would not be upset if he was on, you know, a device playing a game um, to completion and really digging into it. Um, whereas another one of my sons definitely turns a little bit more into a zombie when he does it. Um, so it, for me, I guess it's contextual. It depends on the child and depends on the situation. I would say that, you know, as parents, uh, I try to... Personally, um, I try to uh, get in and and get them to go do something with me, go out into the garden with my wife, or you know build some. They're out there actually right now uh, building Legos, um, you know. And so I like to get them doing different things, but at the same time, I also like to encourage um, you know becoming proficient in something. So uh, whether it's a video game or it's building Legos, I think that sometimes you need you know, an hour or maybe even two or, or, you know, whatever to, to get into something and to really dig into it. I think, um, deep work is a popular topic, um, you know, for adults. Um, there are a lot of books. There's a great book by a guy named Cal Newport called deep work. And it's all about working, uh, deeply and intentionally and not getting distracted and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think that it's okay to teach that to our kids too, that even if it's a video game, if you, as long as you're getting into it and, um, I don't know, personally, I, I'm okay with that. I, I would, I, I, I have a flip side where my kids watch YouTube videos of other kids playing video games and uh, weird, weird stuff that I just, I, I don't understand that, you know, I, I would much rather them be digging into Legend of Zelda on the Switch than watching these weird videos on YouTube. So, yeah, which is also completely passive in this case, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So um, I feel like playing video games, you know, gets a bad rap and, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sure that there are some aspects of it that are probably too much. You know, I've definitely heard some horror stories with Fortnite and stuff. But um, I think that uh, in general, you know, as long as you're parenting and, you know, been, and watching out for their best interest, I think it's okay to let kids play a little bit longer than some people might say. That's my opinion. Yeah, very cool. So I guess that also means you're not opposing game consoles in general. No, I don't. I don't oppose game consoles. I mean, I, I think that there's not a lot. Um, as long as obviously you know we're not we're not hurting people. There's not a lot I oppose in our house in terms of uh, games and toys and things like that. I think I like for them to branch out and try different stuff. Um, but you know, it's it's my job obviously to kind of keep an eye on you know where where the ship's going and make sure that they're you know going in the right direction. So is there anything coming up with Bloxels or somewhere in the rest of your life that you'd love to mention and share with us? Uh, Bloxels is, um, we're going to have a new release coming out uh, pretty soon. 
I think by the time that, uh, you know, this, uh, this episode is live, it'll probably be out. It'll be a uh, version 2.2. We might even be on 2.3 by then, but we're, we're continuing to build. We're continuing to add features to the software. Um, we just released 2.0, uh, within the last, I think it's within the last six months. Um, we're really excited about it and we are just on the road to building new features and, uh, continuing on with it. Um, I'm really excited about it. We kind of got back into the consumer space a little bit on our own. So our primary business is education, but, um, you know, we are now back in the consumer space in terms of, uh, having apps in the app store that, uh, you know, uh, kids at home can play. And I think a big thing for us right now is figuring out, how can we be helpful um, during this time that we're in as a as a as a country and then as a as a world you know uh, population um, with uh, remote learning and um, uh, you know distance learning and at home learning? I think that Bloxos is perfect for that. Um, we, you know, I don't not to plug us too heavily, but you know we have. We have things inside of our platform that allow for collaboration uh, remotely. So, you know, you can have kids in their own homes and then a teacher and you could jump on Zoom and you could have a game jam. And we have uh, we have material that we've built uh, specifically around that um, that's on our website um, that uh, we put together just just because of COVID. You know, we wanted to make sure that uh, we were we were helping where we could. So, um, you know, uh, that's going to be probably our focus for the rest of this year is just how can we be a great platform for remote learning. So thanks so much, Rob. All the best for the future and have fun. Thank you very much. In this episode, we explored Blockles, a kids-friendly game creation service that is not only fun, but also turns kids into creators of their own games. Now head over to kidslab.dev to check out the show notes. There are lots of links available that you should really check out. Next, I'm talking to Nicholas Tolovey about CodeGrades. CodeGrades is a service for learners, teachers, and mentors for teaching and learning coding. Coding.